Welcome to episode 216 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast topic this week, we're going to chat about SoundCloud's cash flow woes, the difficulties making money with online audio, and the ongoing problem of finding business models for digitized content. So let's start off with uh, the recent news that SoundCloud uh, doesn't have uh, cash flow much past uh, December of this year. So just to frame this up, there was uh, layoffs at SoundCloud, uh, about half of their staff, 173 employees, as well as the closing of offices in San Francisco and London. So these uh, employees uh, are obviously uh, you know, tech-based, probably a lot of engineering. And of course, San Francisco and London, uh, it's not inexpensive real estate, to say the least. Uh, according to the SoundCloud CEO, however, uh, they did this to ensure that SoundCloud re- remained a, a, a strong company. Um, and he wrote a blog post entitled SoundCloud is here to stay uh, just a few days ago uh, to sort of quash the rumors that that SoundCloud was shutting down. Uh, But I think, you know, from the community that is SoundCloud, you know, there's a bit of alarm, I think, that, uh, you know, this wonderful service may be going away uh, due to the fact that, you know, they, they can't pay the bills. Yeah. And it's understandable. I mean, uh, so so let's let's talk about the uh, music ecosystem that SoundCloud is a part of. So the streaming music ecosystem is dominated by Spotify, of course. Uh, you also have Apple Music as a major player. Amazon Music uh, is a player as well, and then Pandora, which is sort of the the grandfather of uh, of streaming music, but not necessarily the most uh, successful. Uh, nonetheless, you can see there's there's if Pandora's the grandfather. What's Napster? A uh, Napster is is sort of the uh, uh, what what was it? The Greek uh, or or Roman gods? I'm going to get this mixed up. But Saturn, right? Saturn came before <laughs> the other. Uh, was one of sort of the the precursor gods. So so we'll say that that Napster is is the precursor for all of this. I'm not up on my gods well enough to know if you're right or wrong. I'm going to assume you're right. <laughs> so there's this uh, uh, awfully competitive area, which, you know, you know, of all the industries, I think digital music has, has really been disrupted in, in ways that are, are still playing out today. And so it's no real surprise that, that SoundCloud would have a tough time getting traction uh, in that. Um, I will say that because of uh, sort of the ease of use of SoundCloud combined with the fact that, uh, you know, they have, a, they have a loyal following, it, it's really a great platform for, you know, independent artists to find an audience. Uh, and it has really given birth to uh, an entire hip-hop movement. It's, it's uh, uh, elevated artists beyond uh, the indie realm to become... Uh, mainstream or or at least more mainstream and uh, you know from that perspective it's it's been uh, game-changing you know 
before uh, services like SoundCloud, you probably couldn't reach millions of, of listeners very easily if you were an independent. Yeah. Uh, and there are other services, other ways to do that. Uh, I can think of uh, a couple, Bandcamp being one. Uh, but 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 let's let's talk about that for a second. So so we're talking about trying to make money uh, with music uh, in the digital audio era, and I think you know a service like Bandcamp. I don't know their financials, uh, but they they have a clear business model in terms of you understand you go on there and you listen to independent music, and then you can purchase it or you can purchase merchandise from from the band so it seems very clear like okay if i buy some music from an indie band on bandcamp bandcamp will get a slice of that transaction and they let you know how much money is going through the service at any given time and and who's buying what so it sort of reinforces the idea that you are paying independence for music Right, right. But here's, here's, here's the problem. I'll let you continue in a second. But listeners, I want you out there right now. If you've ever heard of SoundCloud before, raise your hand. Okay, I see most of you have your hands raised. Now put those hands down. Now, if any of you have heard of Bandcamp before, I want to see you raise your hands. Boy, there sure as hell aren't many hands being raised, are there, John? Well, the point I'm getting to is that Bandcamp has a way of making money. Uh, and that is there sure as hell aren't many hands getting raised are there Jim? well i mean they there's they, a relationship between their model for making money and the fact that the service is not well known uh could be i mean i can still listen to you know music for free on bandcamp if i want uh, my my only point was that you know wh- whatever the reasoning was uh for the the different models that soundcloud tried out including uh their soundcloud go which is uh a way for people to stream music from the recordings on the site. Uh, none of them, you know, clearly are generating the revenue stream that they need. Uh, whereas it's sort of a direct, like, hey, you know, if 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 I wanted to sell, you know, some of my electronic dance music on SoundCloud, I'd have to go through another service. That seems that seems crazy to me. Um, whereas with Bandcamp, they have a way for me to do that. Now, I doubt anybody's going to be paying me money for this, but uh, regardless, if I was trying to make uh, some cash doing that, uh, Bandcamp makes it easy, SoundCloud doesn't. So that, you know, the the business model question is certainly uh, one that's larger than the scope of this show, but it is worrisome, I think, that um, original music, podcasts, Things like this uh, are, are are not finding uh, ways to generate revenue online. We see this across digitized content. Sometimes digitized content, you know, ends up uh, making money, but many times the industry just gets squeezed. And I think SoundCloud is just the latest example of that. Uh, but you could also point to online writing, like how you make money doing that. And the entire uh, journalism industry is under significant pressure uh, in a large part because of digital disruption. Uh, so, so with that rambling preamble, Dirk, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on uh, you know, sort of the dangers of trying to make money or the difficulties of trying to make money with digital content. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the difficulty is that it's, it's global, not local now. I mean, this has happened in a lot of different fields, right? The world used to be local and now it's global. So 
Once upon a time, there was a Piggly Wiggly in every little town, and that meant that there was some local person who was a business owner who was essentially making the profits from a business that was about selling retail goods to a local community. Now there's Walmart, among others, that have replaced the Piggly Wiggly, put it out of business, employ people at a living rate, but not a rate that allows them to amass profits, and the profits suck upmarket and upstream. Um, the same thing is happening to journalism, to art, to music, to audio, however we want to sort of look at this, through digital, where once upon a time, the, the bands, the content that you had access to was more local in nature, or through the supply chain of records, cassettes, CDs, supported by the touring of the bands, you know, there was, there was an infrastructure there that ultimately sucked its way down to all of the different localities where everything could be monetized. You could listen to something for free on the radio, but you couldn't pick what you were listening to. Uh, you could call in and make a request, but they may or may not play it. They may or may not play it when you want. Now, with the digitization of content, we have control over when we get the content. And we also, at the same time, have access to many more creators than we ever did before, even going back to the model where, you know, there was the records, cassettes, CDs, so you were getting artists from all over the world. You were still only seeing a slice of them, those that were selected by the editorial process of different, different publishing companies. Now, every, you know, garage band musician from every nation in the world is putting stuff up on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on, on different platforms, on different free platforms, and you can discover them. However, they're also, um, you know, sort of washing out a lot of other people. It's the, it's the weird paradox. Um, it's a little different than paradox of choice, even though paradox of choice is, has a role in it. Um, it's, it's the paradox of the fact that now so many people are able to put themselves out there, yet it makes it much more difficult for consumers to go through and pick and understand and, and, make their way and make sense of it. So I'm, I'm sort of um, munging a couple of different things together, but what, what it's doing at the end of the day is, you know, once upon a time it was possible for a lot of different people at a local level to make money by producing content, whether that be writing articles for a newspaper or, or doing something around music. Um, now those local outlets have been replaced by global multinational outlets making it really hard to, to make money with those things. And it's now it's much easier to get your stuff out there where theoretically it can be discovered by anyone, but it's far harder to make money um, producing creative content. Yeah, it's interesting to me that really it's merchandise sales that are uh, fueling um, musicians right now, that and, and touring, of course. Uh, but it's you know you're you're paying an exorbitant amount for a T-shirt, but you really know that the uh, the extra money that you're paying there is going to support the musician. So whether it's a T-shirt or hat or hoodie or whatever you're buying at you know the the next concert you go to, um, between that and and the ticket sale, that's where the musicians are are making their money and the online component of that, the music really is an awareness, uh, you know, making you uh, aware of the band in the first place. And then also obviously, you know, enjoying the experience of listening to it, but it's the live shows and merchandise that are, that are fueling things. So when we come back to the digital part, 
uh, when we say, okay, this entire uh, type of communication, the music that's digitized is now the, the loss leader, right? It's, it's almost not even really meant to make money anymore. Or if, if they're making money, you know, it's this tiny, tiny amount. Yeah. Uh, so it's really more about the discovery and uh, uh, awareness portion of it and, and less about making money. And then suddenly you're a SoundCloud and you have millions of these artists, uh, I assume it's that many. Uh, and so you, I, I would imagine you really need to make your money uh, from those artists and or enable them to, you know, make a little bit of money on the site. Uh, I know that uh, we pay, you know, a, a pretty affordable uh, yearly rate to have our podcast on SoundCloud, and that enables people to discover the the podcast there. Uh, but you know, there's probably no way that that uh, yearly fee is anywhere near enough to support all the infrastructure that we're we're able to access. You know, and you know. I suppose if, if they had many, many, many more users, they might be able to sustain the business that way. Uh, but, it, but it's an interesting problem now. They've gone long enough that it's become valuable to, to uh, you know, this, this community. Uh, but at the same time, the way it's, uh, it's constructed, they, the, you know, it's doubtful that it's sustainable. I kind of wonder if... Um, you know, clearly the company is trying to uh, uh, do a little bit of a shuffle here and say, no, we're, we're still going to be there for you. But uh, I think that, you know, it's planted this seed of, of doubt uh, in, in all the users' minds as to, you know, what do you do when SoundCloud goes away? I know that we're making plans to figure out where else to host the show. We've got our, uh, you know, own uh, uh, servers and things so we can, you know, the digital life will be accessible via iTunes and it's not a problem. Uh, it's really, you know, the audience access uh, that becomes, uh, you know, it's a shame to lose that. And I imagine if we were a, a rock band or something, you know, that would, that would be pretty upsetting uh, to, to, you know, be on this platform and then realize that these millions of potential listeners and or fans already are uh, no longer going to be accessible uh, so my, you know, fervent hope is that SoundCloud figures a way to stay open. But I, you know, I'm concerned for sure. I, I don't think that that's the likely outcome. I'm, I'm open to the possibility that it is. But if you were to ask me today, hey, in a year, are we still going to be able to access all of the um, services from SoundCloud? I'd say no. Um, so I think they need to do a better job of reassuring people if they are going to stay, you know, stay there. Uh, I think we need to know more. I don't know, Dirk, your take on that. Yeah, I mean, SoundCloud doesn't have a viable business model and they don't have a platform upon which to create a viable business model. I mean, I love SoundCloud. I think it's one of the best designed I don't know, should I call it a website or software? I'm not even sure quite what to call it. I think it's one of the best designed things on the web today. And what makes it so well designed is it's, it's optimized for listening, enjoyment, and information and discoverability of additional content. It's not crapped up with the stuff that's necessary to make money. That's what makes me love it. If it had, whether it be ads or trying to get me to buy or, or do these other things that would make them money, instead of thinking, wow, SoundCloud is fantastic. I mean, it's just another, 
another thing trying to monetize me. And so it, it's a paradox that what makes it wonderful is the lack of the things that can make it successful. And with Bandcamp, I, I think the inverse is true. I mean, it's something that, um, yeah, you can get listen to free content on there, but it's also clearly trying to monetize you. And the problem with the, the Bandcamp model is, I, and I'll just speak for myself now, I won't claim any universality here, if I'm going to attend a show or want to buy merch from a band, I'm going to want to love, one of two things, A, love their stuff, or B, the design of their merch is so cool, and I don't think a lot of people will be wearing it, it'll be kind of unique to me, that it's a style thing. It's like, here's this cool sort of unique thing that I can, I can kind of get my hands on. So what that means is, for me to be predisposed, even wanting to get merch, I need to be listening to mu the music. I need to be discovering and saying, wow, that's great. And once I've identified that's great, I'm open to the possibility of getting the merch. But it would then have to be really cool and well-designed and not too many people have it. Or I'm willing to go to the show. But I've got to love the music first. And I don't want to be in an interface that's trying to sell me and push me to shows and get me to buy merch before I even know if I like the music or not. I want, to, I want to learn the artist. I want to fall in love with the music and then be moved to a monetization platform. And I want that monetization platform to act like Amazon. I want it to be Amazon. I want it to go into my existing credit card, my existing account, my existing stuff. I want um, the, the single-click purchase. I want the prime shipping. I don't want to be in this de degraded experience because it's, it's some vertical sales thing. I want my sales all be going to Amazon. Now, um, I've already anticipate in N years, with N being you know, more than one, less than seven, that's going to change because I see Amazon adopting a lot of ugly, giant corporate, big brother behaviors. But that, that future state aside, um, at this moment in time, I want everything through Amazon dead simple. I don't want it through some janky account infrastructure of some other thing. And so that is going to take a lot of those products and, and move them right, right out of the consideration set. And so that's, for me, that's the environment in which people need to solve. A company like SoundCloud needs to solve these, these, these revenue model issues. And I just think it's outside the bounds of their DNA because their DNA is in this really well-crafted software that is great at discoverability, is great at, at usability, um, but is, is horrible at monetization. Yeah, just to, you know, there are, there are a lot of uh, points you made there. Just to pick up on the uh, point you made about SoundCloud's design, um, one of the things that I, I really love about their uh, embeddable interface is the, uh, is the picture of the audio that you get while, while, the, uh, uh, while the sound is playing. So there's a waveform there. It's sort of built into their player. Um, and I don't know if the SoundCloud designers uh, sort of were first to do that on on a player. It's 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 sort of. A, I'm sure they probably weren't. Uh, there's, I mean, it's been used a lot in digital audio workstations. I mean, all, all of your auto uh, audio editing software uses that and has for years. But to have it in a player, uh, you know, took that that uh, context that 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 I have for for editing audio and sort of put it up on the uh, the screen for everybody to see. Uh, I thought that was a really unique take, and and I was really pleased with their embedded player, and that's why we have it on the Digital Life website. On every episode, you can see uh, sort of the audio file play through on the SoundCloud player. Um, 
once again, I know, I know that there are other audio players that do that, but I, I thought that was their, their attention to detail, sort of the care there that was exhibited in making an audio experience. Uh, you, you can play it on, on your Twitter feed. You can embed uh, the SoundCloud player there. Uh, and it just goes ahead and plays if you put in the, you know, the correct URL uh, when you're, you know, tweeting. Um, so there's just all these nice things for the sharing of music and of podcasts. Uh, and, and from the podcaster's perspective, um, you know, we've, uh, you know, found listeners on SoundCloud. It's, it's broadened our reach beyond the walled gardens that, that is iTunes. You know, it's, it's you know, made our podcast uh, audience, you know, just a little bit bigger and in a very nice way. And it serves as a repository for all of our episodes. I mean, you can see all 216 now episodes of the digital life there. Uh, so, so, you know, there's a historical aspect to it as well. Um, so for all of those things, we're really, really grateful to, to SoundCloud. My, my hope, uh, once again, is that there's, there's a business model uh, that sustains them. Uh, and if some of that ends up coming back to us, I know I'd be willing to pay a little bit more uh, for the service. Uh, so hopefully between the listeners, the producers, the creators, uh, you know, they'll find a streamlined way to, to manage. Uh, but I mean, we all saw the, you know, collapse of so many uh, different uh, uh, high-flying audio properties over the, you know, last 20 years. I you know, I've seen this story play out before. And once the, you know, we don't have any cash, you know, cash is burning and we're not uh, replenishing it. Once, once you're in that downward spiral, I think that's a tough one to, to pull out of. Yeah. I don't know what the exact headline you said the article was, but once you're making a posting, don't worry, we're not closing. You probably are closing before all too awful long. In the yeah. Future. Unfortunately, I think that may be true. So, uh, you know, here's hoping, uh, but we will we will see. Uh, you know what the end game ends up being. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, for now, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dnemeyer. That's at D-K-M-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 216 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.